This is starting from zero. Infinite possibilities, all pervading expansiveness. Word sound is so powerful because every sound carries a vibration. Really, I started studying Ayurveda because um, the, the, the same origin story as my music, really. This is um, lifetimes worth of knowledge and focus and concentration. The solution of healing is always within the struggle. It's me you're looking for. Yeah. I can most see it in your eyes. See in your eyes. <laughs> and what else? Na, 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 na. No, it's, I'm. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, I need to get the vinyl. Anyways. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, welcome. Wishing you all a happy new year. It has been a while. It's a new year, new day, and a beautiful Saturday morning. And we are here with the famous Zoe Page. <laughs> She almost choked on the water. <laughs> I don't care what anyone said. You're famous. You know what's funny is Paige is actually my middle name, but people don't know that. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. True, true bomb. True bomb just happened. <laughs> I had no idea. So what do you want to tell the audience what your true, true last name is? She's like, nah. Okay, 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 okay. No, you know what? Um, uh... Paige is my middle name because um, I always thought it was just easier to say. It was. Um, it rolls in well. Yeah, yeah. And when I um, when I started thinking about doing music, I really didn't want. Um, I thought it was just it. It was an easier name to remember. Mm. Um, and I, not that there's any shame or anything. I love my last name. I just mm-hmm. um, it's easier for people to remember, and it's true. Because my last name is Long and uh, has like multiple syllables, it's it's uh, you know it's a little harder to very Dutch. Oh uh, no! Uh, really? My last name is Norwegian. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Norwegian. Mm-hmm. I do remember, like you do have a very strong Norwegian heritage. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um, Tolfsen. Tolfsen, which means um, well, it means son of Tolf. Yeah. But it, but Tolif is um, noble wolf, so it means son of noble wolf. Man, the Norse, <laughs> y'all, y'all Scandinavians have one of the coolest names. I mean, even some of the men are named Thor. <laughs> I was like, what? As in Thor? They're like, yeah, as in Thor. You know, like I just love how Scandinavians like still st- stick stick to their you know their roots. You know, it's like well, there's a lot of history to yeah. that. You know, because. Um, uh, and and I, I don't claim to even know all of the history, mm-hmm. but I do know that, um, you know, in, in the 1800s, there was a war between Sweden and Norway and mm. um, for the Norwegians to, to reclaim their independence. And so when, when my family came over um, to the United States, they were very strongly, you know, we are not Swedish, we are Norwegian. Oh, and, wow. And there's a very, I did not know about very, that yeah, there's a very strong sort of, um, you know, uh, Norsk um, mm-hmm. her- heritage around that of just being like, 
we we are very strongly about our roots and our heritage and we are defining you know the mm-hmm. the definition that we are not this we are this wow. so um and even my family um in the first generations sometimes i laugh at this but um like one of my family members um homesteaded where i'm from in washington state mm-hmm. and yeah, and um and and he had a wife and she died and so he like called for another norwegian wife to come you know and in those days it's like to to have somebody to make that passage mm-hmm. is no joke so he had like i think four different wives that that you know norwegian wow. wives that he brought over y'all are similar to <laughs> west african culture usually <laughs> maybe so maybe maybe so, so. because it's funny when i when i visited norway i was like wow you guys are a different sort of white people <laughs> like what does literally that mean? <laughs> no no i'm just messing with you it was just more i'm just like it was just it just felt different in comparison with Central Europe, you know. Well, like, it is different. They're different so cultures. Different. Yeah. Of course. Um, different histories. And um, I mean, my family, um, I, I'm pretty sure if I did one of those genealogy tests, which I'm curious to do, but I also don't want to do it because I'm like, do I really want to give those people my, you know, DNA? Know. I'm not really They're, sure yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, Data acquisition yeah, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and up until, um, my, my father married my mother, mm. everybody before him married a Norwegian person. So mm. half of me, you know, is Norwegian all the way back. Nobody mm. married outside of, wow. Um, you know, everybody married another Norwegian to keep that culture really mm-hmm. tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's a strong, you know, and even in the contingency of my own family, there's a really strong, um, just pride in, in being Norsk and, and, um, and, um, you know, with holidays and every, you know, all all the traditional things, even to this day, you know, even though some of that food is terrible, we still eat it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> like all those was that um, Lutefisk? Lutefisk. <laughs> Even the pickled herring, I actually love it. Oh, yeah, pickled herring is oh, delicious. It's dope. People are missing out. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is awesome stuff. <laughs> I realized also the Germans have their version, they also have yeah. that and whatever. But Going to Norway um, in 2015, like during my Europe trip, I, I've told you a few times about this. It's like there was a certain like level of peace, like I couldn't explain. It's it's like in comparison with a few other European countries I've been, mm. I, I was with to, they were so warm and welcoming. This is my experience, guys. I know some people have different experiences, <laughs> but they were so welcoming and they were so in tune with the sea and nature because I have a friend that lived there and she invited me to stay at her place. And it's kind of like, I was like, you crazy Vikings are this peaceful. (laughs) I was making fun of that. And it it just felt so, I I remember going off the, uh, taking the boat from Oslo to this island called Hovedoya. Hmm. And Hovedoya is if if you look at the map, it's just like right there. It's like a think of a ferry ride from Oakland to San Francisco, the equivalent. And as soon as I stepped up that ferry and I entered that island, they have that silence was just so soothing. Hmm. I could not explain it. I was like, I felt like so at peace. 
my friend, she doesn't know to this day, I was kind of like tearing up a little bit be- behind her, wow. but I didn't want to show it because it was just like, it was such a feeling of peace of just like, and all of a sudden we, we watched the 10 p.m., like a 10 p.m. sunset and just grilled fish. And to them it's like, that's this is just a simple simple thing they do like in terms of the simplicity in terms of do but i love scandinavia it's just mm-hmm. it's like in general because i just felt that there's a certain sort of certain peace that i experienced mm. in there and i'll never forget that i'll never forget that and i want i definitely want to go back to that island i love hearing that yeah. i i i've never had the privilege of going um, to oh, visit I but i but i really <laughs> i really hope to get there and and it, it's interesting because on some level, I feel like I know it because, I mean, because of my DNA, but mm-hmm. also because where I grew up in Washington State is such a mirror reflection of that yes. place, which is why yeah. people the lushness emigrated there mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. I think um, the, you know, where I grew up, you had to take an island mm-hmm. or, or a, um, sure. you had to take a ferry sure. and mm-hmm. two bridges to get there. You know, it's 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 sea and it's mountains and it's, um yeah it's ocean culture it's boating mm-hmm. culture it's mm-hmm. like um it's trees it's like this m- magical um wonderland that um is all about dropping into nature yeah it's such an intense respect of nature and that's yeah. when um one of my friends is like you go to the go to the viking museum <laughs> to understand more and i'm like Oh, of course, in terms of like the gods and stuff like that, it's such sure. like they they take that very seriously, even though a huge population of Norwegian Swede, Swedish folks is like, yes, they're normally not they're mostly agnostic, they're not as religious in, in usually, right. but there's still something within them that still have that appreciation of the spirituality of the culture and like the respect of nature is like everywhere I go in terms of like how they allocate the trees and stuff it's it's freaking insane i was like what the hell am i in washington state or oregon state because it actually reminded me of it but it was like a such a such a like a weird level of peace like i've not experienced but no thanks for sharing that background yeah it's awesome yeah i think it's interesting too you know in the history of places all over the world um you know the way that religion has affected culture Mm -hmm. i know um since we're talking about Scandinavia, you know, even Martin Luther and like the Lutheran tradition and Christianity and these things that have taken, you know, made their mark on culture and and also just sort of um, even affect in certain ways, I think, the way that we connect with nature and the way that we have a relationship with nature, um, you know, when you are participating in like a nature-based spirituality versus something that is um, potentially, um, you know, removing you from that ritual mm. and putting your experience more into a, a church setting mm. or a place that is, um, you know, less in that experiential realm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it changes how people um, connect and relate to each other just as much. Man, you should go back home, man. Yeah, yeah, I will. I know that I will. I know that I will. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, Norwegian Air. Norwegian Air, I know. Not, not sponsored, <laughs> but Norwegian Air, they do a good job. It's crazy. So check on flights I've from heard. Oakland Airport. Yeah. I like, I, I'm telling you, take advantage of that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, like, thanks again for sharing your background. And I haven't known you for, I think I've known you since 2012, 2013. When did you move here? I, I mean, moved back here. Yeah, moved back here is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 2012. Yes, yeah, so I think probably. I think I'm out, and I've known you as someone. I I know I remember I I usually give you a nickname Queen because it's like <laughs> you have like this like aura around you in terms of like how people surround you and like in a very good way. You know, like not in terms of like quote unquote a monarch like like requesting things. You know. People can't help but to just saturate, like to gather around you. And it's a Gemini it. thing. It's like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> of the signs, yeah. But hey, it's it's is a Gemini thing. Guys. No, I, I mean all say, jokes aside. All jokes aside, she's like, it's a Gemini <laughs> thing. But you always had like this amazing aura. Obviously, no, you also in, 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 especially in, in in your voice. You know, mm. I remember when you get into this conversation. Ah, do it like you know that kind of thing and all of a sudden you invite people to your gatherings in your in your apartment that mm. day I was like I still remember how soothing that was and I was like yeah this is a type of woman that loves to do her own thing and she she probably has obviously lost stories she hasn't told me in terms of her <laughs> journey but um is that why you brought me here today that's one of the reasons I brought you here today because and just to get in there, I mean, we already, already like, like pretty much shared the audience of a little brief history in Scandinavia, but <laughs> let's let's focus more about you. So, what does when you think of starting from zero, what does that mean to you? Hmm. I think. Um It's interesting, my relationship with that word is layered because my teacher's name is Shunya, mm. which means zero. Whoa. And, but zero um, also, I associate the word zero with infiniteness, so infinite possibilities, mm -hmm. um, all pervading expansiveness. Mm -hmm. So, um, in order to drop into that space, I think we have to begin with, uh, I guess, yeah, and, and no preconceived notions of anything, you know, we have to begin with, with, with nothingness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I like to say begin with no expectation. Yeah, yeah, aligning ourselves mm -hmm. with, with, with 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 the all which mm. is which is also nothing <laughs> mm. if that makes sense it's well, a little... no no it's no that's an awesome definition because um depiction because uh i think i've told few guests is like the whole point of zero is it, it scares people to start from slate and that's uh. one of the reasons of my motivation of doing this this medium because i'm like I'm bringing these people together. What does it mean to you? Mm. And one of the messages I want to really pose out to people is like, it's okay to push that reset button. Yeah. And start afresh. Uh, or being in a new environment or in a new state of mind 
with a clean slate. But not a, like a lot of people are scared of this clean slate. <laughs> and that's kind of part of my journey of like, like being very comfortable in that, in that situation, when that situation comes, the, unex- the unexpected, the uncertainty, the unknown. You know, that's that's when that's what motivated me. I was like, yo, I have a few large community of people, including you and the other guests that have interviewed. It's like, wow, it's like, what in your bright minds <laughs> thought you guys like could start this, could start <laughs> business or whatever it takes? There's like and and getting into that is like um even before going in, into the moon garden, I wanna talk to you about what motivated you to 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 be a vocalist in general. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that's very important, especially within your character mm. of like, of a sense of sharing and giving because mm. of that side of you. And I don't think I've, we've, I've never had a deep conversation on that journey in terms of like how you started. So mm. what is the first memory you can think back in terms of singing? And all of a sudden you just like, boom, I'm, I'm into this. Um, the first memory. I'd have to go back really far. Go ahead. Well, you know, it's funny. It's intertwined with my first memories of my life. Hmm. The first memories that I have are from when I was three years old. And I was in Oaxaca. Those are the first memories I can remember probably because they were so impressionable. I was in such a different environment than I had been in. My parents were really people who encouraged and always raised us to be world citizens and really Mm. wanted us to experience the world and feel like we were a part of the world. And um, so when I was three, we were in Oaxaca, which is a place that my parents always really loved going to. And we were there for Dia de los Muertos. And I'm planning to go there this year. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I would I love to go to back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we were there. And I have a memory of there was a, a, a place that, a restaurant that we liked to go to while we were there. And we would mm-hmm. frequent it regularly. And the restaurant was owned by this family. And they had a stage there. And they would have live bands all the time. And I loved performing, so they would put me up on the stage and let me sing with the live band. Oh, I love moments. And like um, and so I, I always loved to express myself. It was it was it was just a part of who I was from from the beginning. And even there's cassette tapes that I found that my father would record me singing, and mm. um, and and also with, I think as a product of my of my my upbringing both my parents were musicians and my my father was a a, um, a pretty accomplished drummer mm-hmm. and my mother was a singer songwriter played guitar um, beautiful beautiful voice um, so i i grew up around music and music was just in my bones mm-hmm. and Everybody around me played music, and we always had music playing in the house. And I just always just took to it and loved it so, so, so much. And 
what ended up happening, I think, as I got older is I, I always loved music, but, but you know, when we, when we get older, certain things happen to us as we're developing. Like, yeah. you know, we develop insecurities, yep. we develop different fears, yep. different traumas, things of that mm -hmm. nature. And so I, I, I always wanted to sing. And actually, when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I joined the band. And I decided to play trumpet because my best friend was playing what? trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so my, my best friend played trumpet and so we played trumpet together and and I then joined the jazz band and I also joined the um I was so I was in the concert band and the jazz band and the um what do you call it the the like show band for like the like football games and things like that oh um, like the um uh, marching, the band marching band or yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, i did those things and but when i got into high school see they had a jazz choir and sometimes the jazz choir would collaborate with the jazz band and i remember watching these people sing And feeling so jealous because I really wanted to be in the jazz choir, mm. but I was too afraid to share my voice. Mm. And that continued um, probably until, well, my first year of college. My I uh, went to Mills College in Oakland, yep. and Shout out to Mills, yeah. And my sweet mate Melody. Um, <laughs> Her name was totally indicative of her beautiful mm. spirit. She was a vocalist, and that was her was a music major. And at some point, I told her, you know, I really like to sing. Mm. And she was like, "Great, you should sing." And and I have this very vivid memory of standing in the only way that I could sing for her, I had built up so much fear around it, wow. was was by standing in my closet and facing away from her. Wow, <laughs> and even in front of one person. Wow, it was so, so frightening though. for yeah, me to yeah. be that vulnerable. And and so I I I, I did little things. I, I, I took a class at Mills that was an imp a vocal improvisational class, which was really beautiful. And I did some different things. But really what what catapulted me out of being afraid, um, really uh, the moment that was catalyzing for a lot of my adult life was when my f was when I had just finished college and my father called me up on the phone and told me, um, I have cancer and I need you mm -hmm. to come home and take care of me. And my father was this incredibly strong character in my life and really wasn't the type of person to ask for help for help and so i knew it was serious mm. and so i i moved home and um in the four months that i had with him one of the things that happened was that my father was was also an artist he was a painter and mm. um and and a musician and he had finally created this space at our home that was a, this beautiful space that was a, a a 
painting slash music studio and mm. and the music studio was like you know he had a Hammond B3 over there and he had a <laughs> piano over there like he had all the instruments he all had like need. just created yeah. this this utopia you know for himself this mm. dream for himself and people would come by every week you know homies of his and just they would play music they would paint and he would just have these creative sessions at the house all the time and he would invite me to come and sing with him and and it it just became this thing where it was like I had to do it because I didn't know when that might end and mm. I and I ha- I just I knew that I had to bring my voice to the surface and I would go in there and I would just shake you know my voice would be shaky my hands would be shaky I would be so afraid but I but the the idea of missing out on this thing that I connected with him so much over was not, um, the fear of missing out on that wasn't enough for me. And so, mm. and he used to come up to the apartment above the garage where I was staying and he would, you know, be like, oh, here's this Sam Cooke song. Like, I want oh. you to sing this, you know, here's this, well, gotta here's, this <laughs> here's this Etta James song. Like, oh. you know, he would bring me all these, all these, I mean, this music that was just incredible. And, Cutting. and, and I, you know, we grew up listening to that music. Yeah. It wasn't like that was new, yeah. um, you know, but, but it was like his invitation was so meaningful to me and meant so much to me and that I just couldn't, I, I had to I had to come, you know, beyond the fear so that I could experience that with him. And I'm so glad that I did because mm. four months later, um, he passed away and mm. and and I really treasure that time that I had with him to make music. And um and so and this is a bit of a long story. No, no, no. <laughs> but, you have all the, all the time. <laughs> but, but what ended up happening was that, that sort of led up to that moment that you were referring to earlier yeah. where I had this, when I turned 30, I had this mm-hmm. house concert at my place was uh, about a, a, after my father died, I eventually, about a year later, I moved back to Oakland. Mm-hmm. I had subleased my apartment for that year that I was gone. And... And I just started asking the universe for teachers, for guides. I was like, I, I, I need elders. I need teachers. You know, one of my biggest, you know, teachers was now in the spirit world, and and he was, you know, he had my back. I, mm. I felt like in certain ways, my papa was carrying me in a way that I had never really known before you know from from the spirit realm and that was really powerful um but so i started i i was just subconsciously kind of asking for that and and then consciously asking for that and in that year i received two powerful teachers that changed my life and one of those teachers was my vedic teacher Mm -hmm. um and the other teacher was my voice teacher, mm. um, Sakai. Shout out to Sakai. Hey. <laughs> and Sakai uh, was singing on stage at Yoshi's at a show, and I heard her voice, and I was like, <gasps> mm. I want to sing like that. Mm. <laughs> 
wow, I was so taken and so moved by her voice and 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 where her energy was coming from, you know, deep in herself. And I was like, I want to sing like that woman. And and usually I was pretty shy about these things, but I went up to her after the show and I asked her, "Do you ever give voice lessons?" And she was like, "You know, I." Uh, I just had twins, like I'm not really doing that right now, um, but here's my number, you know, keep, let's keep in touch, and if at some point, you know, maybe some point maybe I will. And a year later, I didn't even re- remember that I had given her my number, but I did, and a year later, she contacted me and was like, I've kept your number all this time, and I just have had this feeling that I have to... Um, be your guide with your voice. Like I need mm. to, I need to be your teacher. Mm. And I, I was at a, a moment in my life where I, um, I was, I think I was on um, unemployment or something. I didn't mm. have, a, you know, a lot of money to my name. And, and I was like, oh man, I'm so touched and honored that you would reach out to me. I mean, this is a woman who's like. She's badass. She's toured yeah. with Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan, it's like, what like, business does like she you have know, like, 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 you know, I was like, like, I shot what? my shot, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> she still remembers and she's reaching I was, out to me. Yeah, I was so, yeah. I was so, I was like, this is only spirit. Like, only yeah. spirit would like create this connection, mm-hmm. you know. And so she, I was like, you know, I don't really have money for that. And she was like, you know, it doesn't even matter because like I'm just getting this hit, and like, mm. and we'll we'll just make it happen. So I went over to her house and we talked about it and we came up with, you know, uh, we agreed on this very small amount of money that she, you know, was gracefully accepted for me to give her each week. And I started taking vocal lessons with her, which was really amazing because I started to just be able to hear myself. Um, And the the thing is, um, the thing that I learned from my father was two days before he died, he was, I'm just telling you everything now. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm all here. <laughs> two days before he died, um, this is one of the most powerful moments, he was, it was pretty clear that he was, he had gone into hospice and he was, um, you know, preparing to leave his body. And... Somebody was playing, you know, we were always playing music around him. And we he had like a hospital bed in the living room. And we had a bunch of people coming through and visiting him. And he was a really big figure in the community. So a lot of people wanted to come and say goodbye. And um, he, well, we, we were playing like the, I think, maybe the Neville Brothers Ugh. or, um, <laughs> you know, some like swamp, swampy funk yeah. music. And... Um, and and somebody noticed i think my godfather noticed that his foot he couldn't even speak at this point mm. but his foot was moving with the bass drum mm. like he was playing like he was hitting the bass wow. every moment with that song and somebody was like yo he's totally keeping time right now wow. and and so and there were some like uh i think some timbales or some tom-toms mm-hmm. or something in the room and um and someone was like yo put some put some drumsticks in his hands 
So someone put drumsticks in his hands. And all of a sudden, and the he motor starts playing. Like, wow. And he was just playing on beat with the song, yeah. like with all the energy of spirit. Like, you couldn't yeah. even believe it. It was incredible. Mm. It was a phenomenon. And that was the moment that I realized that music is beyond space and time music is in the ethereal realm music is is like the divine substance you know it is a part of something that continues between space and time whether you believe in reincarnation or Mm -hmm. whatever you believe happens to the soul you know the point is it is something to me that that transcends time and space and that is what makes it so unique and special. And that's why so many of us, you know, feel like, you know, music is my religion, mm-hmm. you know, because because you feel it in this way that is indescribable. You know, what the places that music can take you, it's it's a it's a phenomenon. Mm. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna lit this sage a little bit from <laughs> Mr. Tolfson, right? Ashe. Rick. So, Papa Rick. Rick. Papa Rico. Thanks to Papa Rick <laughs> for creating hmm. such an amazing human right in front of me. Oh, thank you. And especially, man, that's a deep story. <laughs> it's, it's like his, his, his spirit was like, yeah, I'm not done yet. I'm just still moving. His motor function was just like, that's an amazing story well, the of thing, what things can do. Yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, death is, you know, especially in Western culture, quote unquote, Western mm-hmm. culture, you yeah. know, we don't really, I don't think we really. Um, is the end end. We don't talk about death a lot and we don't have a lot of experience about it. And I, I feel really lucky that I got to have the, that experience and, and, and I've, I've actually had, I've been with. Uh, two people when they've passed over mm. um, and uh, my father and and his mother my grandmother have been with them in that moment when they passed on and also um, most recently um, near my grandmother as she was passing and my mother's mother and um, and it it's it's such a privilege you know, to get to be in a space like that because you realize so much <laughs> about yourself. You realize so much about existence and, um, yeah, thing, everything just gets put in perspective, mm. you know. It's incredible. Do you feel him sometimes? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> He's here with us now. Mm. He, yeah, yeah, I mean... Um, it's an amazing thing. And and as somebody who I, I think in a lot of uh, people of sort of, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself, but also for, you know, somebody who is from, I guess, um, sort of like Northern European yeah. descent, I think that there's been an immense amount of sort of separation from our ancestry. I mean, just in general, right? When 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 people immigrate and that's something that 
most everybody except for maybe the first nations mm-hmm. people here mm-hmm. on this land can can relate to is like when we immigrate somewhere else then we there's a part of a part of that is is unfortunately most unfortunately is disconnecting from our our ancestors and our culture yeah. before us and and i think that you know what what happens is we and I'm curious how you relate to this, mm-hmm. um, being first generation. Yep. Um, but like my grandmother talks about her grandparents speaking Norse and 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 wanting so much to learn that language. And I think a really typical thing that happens and that happened to her is her parents said, "No, no, no, you're American now. You mm-hmm. can't speak that language anymore. You have to." you know, put yeah. on this, you need, you need yep. to learn to be an American. And so that is sort of crystallized as the moment when, when that connection is severed, you know, yeah. and, and um, I mean, <laughs> and then, you know, the, the theory I have is like, well, that's why capitalist, capitalistic culture works so well here, mm-hmm. because on some level, I feel like so many of us are, reaching out and desiring this connection to the unseen and desiring this connection basically to our roots and because so many of us don't have that connection it is so easy for something else to swoop in and be like here this will make you feel connection this will make you feel grounded how about some stuff yep you know and so a lot of distractions right so we're in this perpetual experience Mm -hmm. and Man, is it powerful? It's taken such a power over us. <laughs> no, 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 um, and to show and to, um, from what I've realized, to share my perspective on that in terms of what your family um, experienced similarly. Um, before I go into that, I feel that as I'm growing older, there's a certain appreciation of basic. Mm. And what I mean by appreciation of the basic is like. We have so many distractions that people are trying to reset to the basic human need that is, we thought was there, but not always there. I'll give you a simple example. Even the art of having a conversation, as we're doing right mm. now, is lacking with so many of us. Interesting. We're too busy, blah, 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 you know have time things like that it's Simple not essential for us anymore it's, it feels like you know and that was like so painful for me sometimes like it's not essential for us um basic of just like just walking by the lake experiencing nature uh basic as in like getting your own food your own research yeah, food from from scratch basic as in cooking I'm. I know. I'm. I'm. Like the reason why I'm saying this is because it's like, um, I feel there is like a reawakening in a lot of people of uh, about a more appreciation of like you know the simple the simple shit you know, and that's what I and to go back to you to your to my perspective is like when I immigrated here even when I was back home in the young I was like born there i came to the states like 12 13. wow um, what a time 20, to come like, here it's 20 years ago since i came to the states as i 
landed in JFK. Wow. Remember, um, and back then there, you not think a lot about oh yeah, I'm Nigerian. You know, it's kind of like once you're in your environment, you're so used to it. And in terms of influence, you know, people will ask me, it's like, oh, my God, you Yoruba? Like, what is this? You know, like, I remember, like, in the early days, like, yeah, I'm just by, by identity. But when I came to the States, to the Western world is when I, like, I was like, yo, I underestimated my in, the influence of my people mm. in the diaspora. Mm. The appreciation of why people are like we're gonna hold on to th- hold on to this we're gonna hold on to that and from what my upbringing is like I can't I can't say there wasn't a lot of appreciation I mean look at the flag like behind me it's like mm-hmm. that's my identity but until I came to the states it was when I fully realized like of the appreciation of who I am, learn about mm. black history here, I learn about black history in the Caribbeans, in South America, black history all around the world. And I was like, hold on a second. And the unfortunate thing is like, I'm so thankful for my parents for bringing all of us here because it made us even proud mm. more of who we are and the influence in the world that we brought. And also it gave me just like, whoa like man I, I still remember this this like do you know what's weird i speak more yoruba here in the states than i was back home like you know like my parents back home they were like even i blame them to this day but it's fine you know it's like especially when you colonized by the british and stuff like that like you want to be literate you know you want you want to speak clear english so you have to speak english right right right. and yes a lot of us are bilingual but i remember like in the home like my yoruba sucked Hmm. i remember kids at school making fun of my accent my yoruba accent and all of a sudden i came here like my my parents started speaking more yoruba to me i was like what the hell guys like what's wrong with you you know and and all of a sudden it's like there's a little bit more appreciation, you know, as I grow, grow older, like speaking it more. I always failed Yoruba class back home every mm. time. And my parents look at the report cards like, oh, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> Literally. Wow. It's, it's funny. It's like when you are in the native land, there are times like you do not see what you're giving out. But once you get out, you be like, holy shit what is happening i remember being in havana cuba i told this story to a couple of people um i went to the orisha museum i mean but like back back home orisha and stuff like we'll, we'll hear about history or yoruba history and stuff like that but when you influence with law christianity islam or whatever from my experience they don't really teach you about the god of iron strong goal like the mm-hmm. god like like you, you don't you don't learn about those things you know my spiritual standing is like i'm agnostic but i still know that there's like a lot of things like unseen that you can't explain right you know right. but when you're influencing like a lot of um well love christianity you know you just don't think about that is it still practiced in there you know is it still practiced back in there yes but it's not as like well well like 
like well known is like sometimes it's shunned away it's like you know some some herbalist or babala was doing that in the <laughs> in the in the village somewhere you know because of the eurocentric centralization of and that's the price of like colonialism in 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 some ways sure. you know so i went to the Orisha museum because i was just like um <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, you can. Go ahead. Yes, you can. It's still recording. I have, I have people like take a bathroom break to recording. <laughs> oh, it's still going to roll. Get out of here. Okay. I need, <laughs> I need to pee. I'll be right back. It's called human nature, guys. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, I'm not stopping. So Zoe actually wrote me a note and said, she's so sweet. She wrote me a note on the paper. I need to pee, LOL. Can we take a pause? <laughs> oh my God. She's an angel. But anyway, guys, um, as far as tangent wise, before she comes and continue my story, wishing you all a happy new year. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. And Waking up this morning has just taught me to be more appreciative. And I hope I can be that more and more as time goes on. And guys, stop it with the whole 2020 vision shit. It's another new year. Stop it. It's corny. I was doing a monologue like I get pissed off how people say, 2020 vision. Like, yes, this is my year of reckoning. <laughs> I hate that shit. So much pressure. So much pressure of like, this year has to be good. It's like, yo, let's chill, chill the fuck out. Anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. I was really enjoying hearing you. No, 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 no worries. No worries. No worries. I, I get back to it. It's like, so I went to the Orisha Museum. Obviously, as you see me, he's like, come on, they love Afro-Cubans, like pretty much like a huge percentage of them, them are Yoruba, pretty much from, from that. Went out to the museum, no expectation, this lady, she started speaking Yoruba to me. Wow. In her Cuban accent, but I still can't understand what she said. And all of a sudden I reverted back to him, I was like, how did you know I was Yoruba? She was like, guys, either it's a fluke or she does that to a lot of people that look <laughs> like her people. I still remember the impact it had on me. And she's like, uh, I just, she was like, I felt it. And I was like, what? I believe that. And I was like, I looked at her as if like, she was looking at me as if like, she was like seeing me like before. It was like, you know, she was an older lady. It's like I saw her as like respect, isn't that? All of a sudden, I start to revert back to my customs, like your custom in terms of respecting your elder and that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, she was taking me around the the statues of like the different gods. You know, you start from Odudua, you know, the 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 great father and all that stuff. And I was just just teasing. I was laughing at her. I was like, you know, what's funny. I told her I was like, I'm supposed to be teaching you this. <laughs> as a joke because it's like yeah i come from that i was that kind of that reminder of like oh my god i can't remember i can't i can't believe 
I forgot a lot of this stuff. No matter what your background、mm-hmm. is, well, you have a group of people in the diaspora. And as you said, in terms of that, you know, your grandparents, right? Like holding on to the Norse language and stuff like that to at least, like, hey, you know, this is part of home. And it made me more thankful for, for where I came from because it's like there were people that came to the ships trying to hold on, even disguise their languages and their customs, you know, through the Queen's God or whatever. Yeah, because they're, they're, yeah. they're Cubans, but they're also Africans. Yeah. It was, it was freaky. So I, I, can't, I can't explain it, but that was one of the, the, the hitters in my head. I was just like, all right, I get it. I get it.、Hmm. And it's made me a little bit more appreciative、hmm. of who I am. Hmm. So that's kind of like, that's really, that's, that's like my perspective. And as you've also been noticing around the community of like people trying to reach back to a little bit more spiritual stuff. And, and I, I bet you've been noticing your Ayurvedic practice in terms of people getting more attuned with it. So we went from music. <laughs> now we're going to go to your other art. <laughs> Tell me your first exposure to that. To Ayurveda? Ayurveda. Well, first of all, for people who don't know yes, what educate, please, please. Ayurveda is, Ayurveda is,、um, it's two words, Ayur, A Y U R, and Veda, V E D A. And it loosely translates to the science of life. And so, Ayurveda is the practice of. Moving in accordance with nature and living in a way that is in accordance with nature, most, more, most essentially.、Um, and there's a lot more that I could say about it. It's,、mm-hmm. um, I, I won't go, go too deep down the rabbit hole, but、um, arguably, Ayurveda is 10,000 years old. It is one of the oldest. Medical sciences in the world.、Mm-hmm. When I say medical, I mean,、um, you know, it also has to do with medicine、mm-hmm. and、um, caring for our bodies and maintaining and preserving our bodies. But what's one of the things that's really unique about Ayurveda,、um, so its, its origins are in, in the Indian subcontinent. And Depending on, there's some different understandings because things were only,、um, start, only started to be written down、um, maybe 5,000 years ago. Oh, wow. So,、um, so before that, you know, we're talking about, which ha- all over the world, you know, this is the way things were passed down, were through, through oral transmission.、Mm-hmm. And I w- was very lucky.、Um, my teacher, I say lucky, well, I, I you know, My, my teacher comes from a lineage of Vaidyas, which are Vaidyas are Ayurvedic doctors.、Um, but Ayurveda is not just a medical science, it takes into accord、um, our spiritual life, our、um, relationship with our mind. Many, many things. And 
So my teacher came from a lineage and really felt the importance of teaching from a traditional lens. And so I had a very unique opportunity of getting to learn through transmission, which mostly these days, if you study Ayurveda, it's it's done through a Western lens. And so the way that we learn is through books, through mm-hmm. going to school and and having things be sort of methodically um, certification. Yeah, well handed to us in a way mm-hmm. that are um, full of definitions, which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that, but honestly the world is so much more fluid and um, even the written word, <laughs> you know, in, in certain ways um, came down through patriarchy. Mm. And so, and that's maybe a whole other conversation, but, mm-hmm. but to, 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 to learn through oral transmission is a very unique thing because you can read a book, but my teacher would always say the, the, the Vedas, for instance, you can, you can sit down and you can read the, the, the Vedas if you, if you know how to read Sanskrit, mm-hmm. or you can even read the translations and you can glean information, but these books are encoded with knowledge and so it requires somebody to unlock that for you and a lot of people would look at that from an ego standpoint of like a hierarchy or something like that but it's it's actually more like there is knowledge and wisdom that cannot be recorded through written word Mm. and so you when you sit with a teacher the wisdom comes through the way that you were talking about that woman who yeah. just felt she knew that you were Yoruba, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 energy. And so when you sit with a teacher, you're being you're you're receiving an energetic transmission. You, you, the understanding is layered. So I was very blessed to um, to sit with a teacher and to learn from an oral tradition in a very traditional way. Um, and it it came about when I was saying I met my two teachers, yeah. I was asking, but I think that the journey started long before that. And um, my earlier exposure to Hinduism came um, at a much younger age. Two of my uncles um, converted to Hinduism in the 60s mm-hmm. and moved to India and oh that explains um, your family i was like oh wow you guys are really deep into it <laughs> I, I think i saw your brother one of your brother's picture if, if probably not my brother but maybe my cousin oh your cousin excuse yeah, me sorry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was like oh wow I, I feel like you guys go like way back <laughs> like serious well the, the, i guess now it's three generations mm-hmm. but 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 my parents aren't, aren't hindu mm-hmm. um and so i really was just exposed like, you know, when I'd go home for Christmas or solstice or these, you know, when, when I would spend time with that part of my family, um, you know, they so beautifully shared that part of their life with me. And I always felt an affinity um, and a curiosity. Um, and my uncle even says when I was very young, he would take me to the temple and I would just run to the deities. I was so and just embrace like I was just so in love with with um, with that, but the thing is, is I don't think that it was that I was specifically in love with Hinduism. I think that I was in love with um, 
with this idea of of celebrating the divine i thought it was beautiful mm-hmm. and um and so my cousins are all um three of my cousins are classical classically trained dancers um, mm-hmm. and they teach and dance prathnatyam yep. and my aunt one of my aunts is a um classical carnatic singer and and so the the music and the sounds of these of you know of um of india were around me as a child um but that's the only i would say that's the main exposure that i had so there was maybe some level of like comfortability around that um it's just the energy of it and and i tell people because especially me coming from a gospel and christianity background you know people were like wow there'll be some people like i can't explain it the gospel music is so moving so i don't believe in this i was like yeah that's the whole point right it was like that's the whole point of like even carrying the bible and having a preacher, you, it, there's something that you hit me with my head is like, you know, yeah, they're the words, they're the texts in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. But depending on the preacher, the ser- like in the sermon and how people like, you know, preach it and how it moves you mm-hmm. is what matters. And going back to music and how it moves you. Mm-hmm. And it is why I laugh at people with this whole Kanye thing, especially with the, with the <laughs> choir. I'm going to laugh at y'all because I'm like, y'all are so silly. This is like down the street in the church right so what's wrong with you why why is it that like uh, the well, whole he's kind making of, it relatable which is more is relatable it's powerful and I, I have my own qualms against him but that's that's fine sure. which is a he's a good producer but it's it's i just find it hilarious people just feel that oh my god this is so freaking new i'm like yo <laughs> I listened to that gospel, the the gospel album. I'm like, yo, I've played in the gospel choir and I've seen people fall down. It's not a matter of like Holy Spirit or whatever, but just the feel yeah. of, of like the energy right. in the congregation hitting it's undeniable. you. It's undeniable. I mean, yes, he was in the choir and like in the top of like in somewhere in LA and people were jogging around. And it's like, yeah, this energy in there, yeah. it's not new. This has existed for thousands of years no matter what what level of faith you are it's not a matter of like what's in the quran what's in the whatever it's like there there are a lot of writers and in how like you said the 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 oratory the the way they speak it Mm. you know going back to what you're talking about that will move people Mm. and i love going back to music because the people are like like man like oh my god i need to get listen more gospel i i told i told people i was like yo just go Let's go to a black church right here in East Oakland. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna you know you're gonna get get a blast. You're gonna get some amazing musicians and like Amazing musicians. Yeah, yeah. There's incredible Thankless, like amazing musicians for music different backgrounds. But sorry, going back I, it's just that like, no, what yeah. touched me about what you said, I was like, Oh, there's a reason like why it wasn't written like maybe for the first five thousand years because they felt that like through that medium of the oratory medium like actually makes sense you know i can carry carry the sanskrit or the bible all around and read it but once you have someone that can interpret to you in a in a way it's like whoa you know it hits you in a different way yeah well and it's you also know? it's when when a word you know word sound is so powerful um you know because every every sound carries a vibration right mm-hmm. and so 
we are creating an impression into the universe. We're creating when we make a sound. Um, and that's one reason why Sanskrit and a lot of these ancient, um, you know, alphabets or however you want to look yeah. at it, um, are, I think are so powerful because they are there's an understanding that that each sound is is creating a very intentional vibration and it's you know there there are that's why that's why the science of of mantra and these mm. different things are so important because when you are saying certain mantras that that are basically these different sounds put together into a quote unquote word then you know what what happens is you are creating this energy into the universe mm -hmm. and and that precision and that that awareness and that intention is super powerful just like music is you know it's the same it's it's one and the same they're they're they are so 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 powerful um and trying to remember what i was we were talking about before that um pretty much the uh, oh yeah the, yeah mm -hmm. yeah so um so really i started studying ayurveda because um the this the same origin story as my music really mm -hmm. when when my when my father died i it's like music and Ayurveda were the, I feel like the things that, that came, you know, most immediately from the, my experience of his death, because I never, when I went to Mills, I studied art. I didn't have any inkling that I would ever go down a path of, of healing medicine at all. But what happened was I witnessed this person, and I think a lot of people have stories like this, where I witnessed this person that was so integral and important in my life um, basically, um, dissolve in front of my eyes. And, and he chose to take a, a Western route with his cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. And, and in the midst of that, um, I was trying to dig up any alternative, um, to help him, to, out. To, to help him mm. with that. And, and when I was a child, I had a naturopathic doctor. My, we, we were very into alternative medicine. My mother was very into, quote-unquote, alternative mm. medicine. And, um, you know, so I was trying to come up with, like, what can I cook for him? You know, what can I do for him that can help him? Because when I was in the hospital with him day in and day out for these treatments and these, you know, conversations with these doctors advocating for him, the the worst part about it was witnessing how like how disconnected Detached. they were mm -hmm. and and they were really not able to help him feel any sort of empowerment around his own body or even an understanding of what was happening in his body and i was like that shit is whack there mm. is no way that anybody can feel a sense of healing if they don't even know what the heck is going on in their own body like if i don't un no have any understanding yeah. of what's happening in my body mm -hmm. how am i supposed to align myself to even yeah. feel empowered to heal 
And and so I I went in search after he died. I was like, I am not going to be in that position and I'm not going to um, I'm going to do my best to support people around me to not be in such a disempowered position because mm-hmm. when you see people who are such big characters in your life um, feel that way, it's so heartbreaking. Mm. It's it's devastating. And, um, and I knew that there must be more knowledge out there. And so I started studying Ayurveda for myself because I wanted to learn about my own body. I wanted to have a more holistic understanding of, of my body and how to navigate, you know, in the day-to-day world with a more empowered choice around what I was doing and um, how I was um, taking care of myself. And so it started there, and then I just started getting deeper and deeper into it and and the first year was was sort of a self-inquiry program and it was really about learning about your own body and how to wow they even say um, learn about your own body yeah they were like well first if you know before anything else you have to learn how to take care of yourself because if you can't take care of yourself you see you can't take care of anybody else do you know what's funny so basic (laughs) so scriptural the reason why, sorry for my interrupt. No, no, no. Like, I think I take it for granted. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> like, I take it for granted. And, and guys, she's not saying dismiss Western medicines. Like, yeah, no, you I'm still not. freaking break your leg. Please, please go to the freaking doctor. <laughs> you know, I would just feel that there needs to be a reawakening in the marriage between these two. Like, yeah, acute medicine sort of, has its place. Western yeah. medicine is amazing for yeah. acute conditions. But honestly, there is so much that can be prevented beyond what we probably will even admit to ourselves. Yeah. And we can go into Preventive that. Preventive <laughs> And now that you get into that, because especially where this alternative medicine uh, medicine actually like really like come into like fruition much better is like, it's funny, I'm thinking, I'm like, and hey guys, I know you guys are, some of you guys are in the medical field, but ask yourself this question, when you're starting to train as a nurse, as a nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. as a surgeon or whatever, have there been any situation during the beginning of your course to say, let's study your body in that medium? Right. And now that you, it's funny you mentioned about that. Or let's take care of your body. Let's take care of your body. Let's, let's, let's use your body like in the lab. And hey, guys, if there's like any place like that that does that, I bet there is. But I can assume in the regular training of, of Western medicine in general, they don't do that. No, that's right. I mean, right. even we talked a little bit about like even nutrition, you know, like what? Like a lot of doctors, like they don't even... They give them like psh, that's a brief sign. like oh, it's nutri-. It's like even the things we put in our in our body, like depending now there there's lust studies like you know depending on who you are like okay this diet for a period of time works for you at this moment this diet or whatever all this knowledge, but what what hit me is when you said it's like yo let's let's study your body. I was like what. And the experience becomes so different. I mean, I think about so the different. dichotomy of, um, you know, when I was going to school and I ended up doing a, I think it was a five or six year program with my teacher, um, becoming a, a essentially an Ayurvedic 
well, they can't say doctor because it's not. Yeah, it's um, not. So an Ayurvedic to, practitioner. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, but you know, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm day in and day out there with my teacher. You know, sitting with her, absorbing this information. We're participating in pujas and mm-hmm. um, cooking cooking these these foods for ourselves you know that are mm. digestible and 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 working on our minds and and taking all of this home with us and and really living day in and day out this this lifestyle which is so different from anything that um you know that I see around myself on a daily basis i mean um but the, the the dichotomy was that right next door to my school, sharing a you know a wall, the buildings were smushed up next to each other, mm-hmm. was a um, a holistic institute, mm. and so this institute was teaching people. Um, and I'm not trying to like badmouth anything, mm-hmm. but I'm just speaking to the you know yeah. the dichotomy here. Um, was teaching people how to be professionals in the alternative medicine field, right? So mm-hmm. anything from nutritionist to yep. massage therapist, this and the other. Yeah. And and I remember leaving school, you know, um, or being one day we were outside and we were creating a, a rangali, which is um, like a well, it has different meanings, but um, but in this case, it was for a um, a puja, um, like a, a festival, a yep. spiritual festival, and and so one of the things that we would do is at the door of our school we would take different grains and seeds and things, and we would make these oh, elaborate those patterns, patterns. Those patterns, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, is to, that similar to um, uh, with Diwali uh, as well? They do it with right. Like, a lot of times they yeah. do it with like rice flour, different flours. Okay, yeah. Um, and but we, there is a correlation in that in that practice and spreading out the patterns. Yeah, like yeah. That. You create this mm. beautiful pattern, and um, I mean, I'm not doing it justice. There's a whole Obviously. you know conversation yeah. around that, but. But essentially, you know, you 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 create this this pattern on the on the on the earth, and and it's also it's an offering. You know, the the birds and the animals mm. come and they take those things and mm. they eat them, and so there's a reciprocity that's happening. So I was out there in in my sari, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, helping create this thing, and right next to us were these students from this holistic college, and. Um, they're taking a break from class and they're chain smoking and eating, um, you know, I th- like, Whatever, like, like junk, food. junk food yeah. out of, you know, these plastic yeah. bags. And, and I'm not trying to hate on that yeah. or anything, but I'm just saying, um, you know, it's, it's such a crazy dichotomy to really be, um, you know, considering our bodies and how our bodies become tools and, um, and, and really that like, we have such a responsibility to, to try our best and nobody let's, you know, nobody's Mm. perfect here, Mm -hmm. but, but to try our best to really practice what we're trying to, to teach other people Mm -hmm. and, and what we're hoping that is going to emanate from us Mm. because, uh, it's it's so much more powerful that way, right? Mm. Um, so I feel very very grateful to have had that kind of education um, and um, to get to um, go through, um, you know, even a um, an upanayanam, which is which is like a, a 
a naming ceremony um and on a deeper level it's a, it's like a ceremony where your 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 teacher actually um agrees to take on your karma um, whoa whoa hold on <laughs> hold on hold on i didn't really well it's done in a you know in, in my understanding a, a lot of it is done um with 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 a, an understanding that there is I mean, there's really there's a debt to be paid. So you know, when when you there's a responsibility when you when you go to to, to learn from somebody yeah. when somebody is passing down knowledge to you, yeah. it's yeah. not a light thing. And um and so the responsibility is you have to become a teacher. Mm. And if you don't become and and you know teacher that word you know it's I, it's maybe not it's a little bit loaded. Um, but but it's it's very important that you um take serious that 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 you are becoming somebody that is a messenger of yeah, and this you're knowledge learning something art someone's art from this school so it's kind of like oh, okay i I, feel, I get the sense of it because when you mention uh, taking someone car that's a lot of pressure but in this sense is like no it's already happening because th- your teacher is passing down something to you that it's up to you and how to use it. That's so it's, right. That's right. Either for good or evil. So it's kind of like so there's kind of like this weird pressure on her. It's kind of like that, whoa, she better she better treat this art good. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's just you know. it is um it's it's a, it's serious. Mm. You know, I, I like I don't sometimes i'm like ah oh, let's not let's not t- i don't like to take things too seriously no so to but there's a there's but a there is a level significance of, yes and integrity that. and integrity and mm. um integrity is so important always wow yeah so um <laughs> no that's that's awesome so thinking about your practice and uh what we call maybe graduation and stuff like that here's here's the Here's the struggle part. When was it that time that you're like, I'm going to start my practice? Yeah. How did that even <laughs> enter your brain? <laughs> Thinking about, you know, a lot of people think of the financial consequences, school, all this other stuff, life. Like, what gave you that push? Um, the responsibility. <laughs> That's a good honestly, way to start. Yeah. Honestly, because when I finished the program with my teacher, you know, and it's a funny thing, you know, I even I think it's a proverbial joke because you don't really finish the program. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's an ongoing like, thing. Yeah, I mean, people are like, oh, you've studied um, Ayurveda. You've been practicing Ayurveda for all these years. Mm. And I'm like, Mm. I'm like, like uh, what I know is that um, I know not a whole lot, but I do know something. Mm. You know, this is this is um, lifetimes worth of knowledge and focus and concentration, and also, you know, time is not linear, and so um, you know we we sort of circle around in different understandings, and I feel like what it's given me is a foundation to be able to navigate every way that I um, receive knowledge and learn things. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's also solidified in me the desire to, um, 
to learn and also to support other people with their healing and growth because ultimately the the goal of ayurveda the goal of these sciences is consciousness is um you know enlightenment and so what does that mean you know if 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 we are walking on the earth in a way that is in alignment is in in a conscious manner then we are getting that much closer to to being in harmony Mm. and it's not like everything i was just telling a client this yesterday like this idea of enlightenment is not like oh i did it now i'm enlightened (laughs) you know it's like it's like yeah yeah you have a you know i at least i think Mm -hmm. um or i I, you know i i the impression that i get Mm -hmm. is is i'm not claiming to be any sort of enlightened person but you know the 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 thing is is that we 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 attempt to get closer and closer to to our divine knowing to our truth and as we get closer and closer to that it just it helps us have more perspective and and then certain things fall away because there you know we we engage less with 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 the ego or we have a different relationship mm-hmm. with the ego these mm-hmm. things sort of sort of fall away because um, we are gaining this perspective so um so i've i've diverged a little bit but, no 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 it's fine but, but tangentially speaking <laughs> this podcast yeah but, but 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 essentially mm-hmm. you know i i finished school i there is a um a, a day in in every january that we are close approaching actually that is a very auspicious day for beginning things it's um it's it's was always the first day of school at my at my school Mm -hmm. school started on this particular day in january i'm forgetting the exact date um but the day is uh uh sankranti i believe um and it's and it's this it's it's a it's the auspicious day of like like beginning Mm. and so that was the day that I put in my I went down to the city of Oakland and I got my business license and I was like I'm gonna do this thing Mm. and I I I rented a space um, I think once or twice one or two days a week in West Oakland and I I started trying to um, you know follow my Dharma Mm. and it was very challenging um, because to be honest, um, I just, I, I felt like, <laughs> and this is that humbling moment when you realize, oh, you can have the best intentions in the world, but things just don't always work out, oh you know, the God. way you think they're going to. Tell me about and it. so but I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, and, so, and so people would come to see me and, and I would do my best to share what I knew to help support them and, and help them get on. People would be like, oh, I, I'm having this health ailment or I'm having this mental thi- you know, mental health issue or these different things. And I would try to support them through the science of Ayurveda. And so it much, was much more of a, like a counseling thing. And I felt um, in the way that I was taught, which you know, 
bless my teachers. They're incredible, incredible mm. teachers. But also, as you know, um, and this is just my own theory, um, I hope I'm not offending anybody, my, you know, teachers, though I learned in a very classical manner, India also, like so much of the world, has been colonized. Oh, 100%. And so the it's way... colonial mentality. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's right. That's why they didn't want you to, you yeah. know, didn't care that you didn't speak Yoruba. Mm. Um, and, and so it's like the way that they taught us to work with a client was you know the way that they modeled it was i'm sitting across a desk from you and most likely the only touch that you get is is what while i'm taking your pulse and and pulse reading is an amazing science and um it has its roots not just in ayurveda but also tibetan medicine which is called amchu um, and d- different different medical sciences, and I believe historically it came from the Mughals when they came into India because there was so as in the Mongols no Mughals Mughals, Mughals. so um, people coming over from Persia oh um, that's what oh, coming I'm sorry. over yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that empire the Ottoman Empire. Um, not necessarily older than that. I'll, I'll research it. Yeah, yeah. So what what happened was they would be there. There was you know obviously a lot of modesty, which yeah. which um, I don't disrespect, um, but because of that, there was not an ability for a doctor to necessarily, especially if maybe the maybe the patient was a was a female. Mm the doctor was not allowed to look or see that patient. And so they would have a sheet and there would be a hole in the sheet and the doctor and the person would put their arm through the hole and the doctor would take their pulse through the sheet. And so that doctor had to be able to understand so many subtle layers of what was going on internally in that body just based on taking the pulse. That's insane. It's incredible. And so pulse has become this incredible art form. And, you know, with a very experienced pulse reader, they can put their fingers on, on your pulse, on your wrist, and they can understand your health history. They can understand the history of your ancestors. They can tell you what's happening in your gut. They can tell you mm. the, the state of everything in your body. And it's phenomenal. Um, and it takes many years to to really practice that. And of course, here I am stepping into a practice with very little experience mm. and, um, and not being very experienced in that manner. Not to say that I can't read pulse, but but yeah. All with all due respect, it's not something that you you do for two years and call yourself a master. Mm. I don't care who you are, you know. Um, uh, and so, essentially, I had a practice for two years, and then I decided, you know, there's something missing here for me. I don't feel like I'm able to reach people the way that I, I, I want to reach people. And a big part of that was feeling like people are coming in, and they want to make changes in their life. They, you know, people would come in and be like, I don't, my body doesn't feel good. I'm having this habit. I'm, you know, this, things, things are happening to me and I don't really know, you know, I want to, I want to change that. But in order for people to really, really make changes, 
they have to be very honest. You know, we have to be very honest with ourselves yep. about our actions that are actually creating. It's not an, in general, what is happening to our bodies. And I think that this is a hard pill for most people to swallow. What's happening to our bodies is coming from a history of our own actions. You know, mm. it could be our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. It could be our own responses to trauma. Mm-hmm. It could be the food that we're putting into our body mm-hmm. day in and day out. It could be, you know, this the, the simple fact that we are, might be even putting good food into our body, but we're rushing our eating or we're doing different things mm-hmm. that are basically not in alignment with our nature. And so... To help somebody make those changes is very difficult because it re- requires somebody to be actually ready to make those changes. Mm. And so I felt like, man, every person that comes in here, I'm counseling them and I'm like, um, you know, I'm, I'm just having a conversation with their mind. And the mind is really not to be trusted. <laughs> you know, the mind, it, it wavers a lot. I, as I tell my therapists, we betray our emotions (laughs) so much it's amazing how the mind can just play trick on you and all of a sudden i've experienced like firsthand of how my mind affects my health there's there's so people underestimate the correlation between mind and body it's everything it's so everything Oh man, I don't want to get more into it, but it's <laughs> like, and that's why I appreciate you in terms of like, you, yo, y'all need, especially telling your patients like, look, I can tell you this, this is my guide, but it's up to you to discipline yourself to follow this. Do you want to get better? Here's a prescription. And for you know? most people, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no worries. Um, I think for most people, um, honestly, what I realize is that. It is a tall order. It's a lot to ask somebody living in this day and age with the immense amount of distractions that we have, um, the immense amount of demands on our senses to be able to even arrive at a place where we are able to say, okay, enough is enough i have to i have to take responsibility it's very difficult to do that because we uh, and i'm not saying it's not possible but generally what happens is by the time we realize that by the time we come to a place where we're like i need to make a change we have gotten really sick usually that's what happens not always but generally people are like Oh, I have you know now. I now I have uh, cancer. I, I have a mm-hmm. you know a, a a disease that has manifested into something that you know. Then and then they tend to need it's, Western yeah, medicine, exactly. right? Exactly. It's until uh, and the 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 fortunate thing is uh, until when patients get to the worst case scenario That's is when right. they start changing. It's is a weird human nature thing. It's like yes, that just happens. But it's kind of like why don't you practice it? now uh, one of the one of the favorite sayings like i think i listened to a podcast is like a healthy like i think this guy said like a healthiest person's wish is they want like 50 things in mm-hmm. their life mm-hmm. they want this it's not enough or whatever like yeah i'm guilty of it i'm i'm a i'm i have a 
one bedroom apartment here. I have a good paying job at the moment. Well, sometimes my freaking freaking Nigerian head is like, no, it's not enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, I got better. Like, yo, this is this is awesome. You know, this is enough. But it's normal for a healthy person to say, I want fifty more things. Sure. But an unhealthy person that is in a chronic illness or whatever, they just want one thing. Mm. That's interesting. So it's like we arrive at a single-pointed focus. Yes. Which, yeah. unfortunately, you know, and, and maybe that's why a lot of times I say when people are coming to me and they're like, oh, you know, I'm 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 at this dire place, you know, the, these things mm-hmm. are happening. And I'm like, well, this is a very good moment for you because the, the, the solution of healing is always within the struggle. You know, when, mm-hmm. when we're, when we, we, we have, the, the medicine is there and 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 the the learning that we need to do is is there otherwise the struggle wouldn't be happening because there's there's something for us to learn there and and that's what really um essentially is is what brought me to what i'm doing now which is i i started to feel like it's not enough for me to talk to people and tell them what I think, you know, would help them with their body and give them advice. That's a part of it. But I felt like, you know, people need to need touch. People need to feel like their body, they need to come back into their body. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I went back to school and I studied, um, body work Mm -hmm. and, and, so th- this iteration right now, my space is called Moon Garden. Um, uh, it's in downtown Oakland, and it's a, a super beautiful space. I hope that people who are listening come and visit me. And I'll it- come and visit. Sorry, <laughs> I uh, visit the Moon Garden in Oakland. It's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome, and um, and and the space, the the purpose, the mission of the space is about energy sovereignty. So what I mean by that is how can we, living amidst this world where we are basically totally um, bombarded with our senses, how do we come back into a place of single-pointed focus and stillness? How do we actually feel the sovereignty the sovereign space of our own energy without without exactly Mm -hmm. the basic without feeling all of these different things pulling for our attention um you know it's is um it's essential in, in order for us to heal any any part of ourselves it's essential for us to tune in and to tap into ourselves and so i felt like people were coming to me wanting to do this but Square one is is tuning into your own body so that you even know what's going on. And so um, what I try to do there at Moon Garden is help give people an experience of what it is to be tuned into your body through somatics, through um, through touch and and basically through and um holding a lot of space so there's an experience of the body um that that people can have that that's transformational so i'm using massage and i'm using um various things tuning forks Mm -hmm. and 
um, and mantra mm. and energy work as well as Ayurvedic counseling. Mm. Um, and I'm and I'm learning more and more how to integrate all of those things. Mm. Um, but really, the biggest thing that I'm doing is holding space without judgment, so mm. that people can really come into their bodies and understand, you know. Where am I at? What what does my body even need right now? And um, when when we can come to that space of zero, mm-hmm. like you're talking about, that silence, we actually can can feel our essence again. And the the interesting thing is that we were talking about the mind. You know, um, in Ayurveda and in yoga and Vedanta, these sciences. The understanding of the mind is it's like the mind is a tool and most of us are not using the mind as a tool. Most of us are being sort of blindly and and again, I hope I'm not offending anybody. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Take care, um, leave it, folks. <laughs> most of us, you know, are really um, at the whim of our minds. Mm. And and so the the hope is that because what happens, even if we're just talking about our muscles, right? Because our muscles hold energy, our muscles hold emotional patterning, they hold trauma, they hold different things. And so what what happens with our body when someone comes in and they're like, oh, I have this ache in my lower back, or, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like these muscles are really tight, or this thing is going on. Sure, it could be a strain that happened when we're exercising. There's there are physical reasons for things to happen. I'm not denying that. But oftentimes it's deeper than that. And and what happens is that when we have an experience through our senses, our nervous system picks that up and it sends a signal to our mind and it tells our mind like this is the experience that's happening. Like this is this is how we should feel about this. Right. Mm. And so the mind is like, you know, this light goes off. It's like, oh, great. You know, this this is important. I'm going to I got to hold on to that. And then it takes that feeling and it cycles it over and over. It plays it like like a like an endless commercial mm-hmm. on, you know, on a like their mind is like a television. Mm-hmm. It just it plays it over and over and over and over again. And if we don't have the tools to understand how to work with that, we can get caught in loops over and over and over again and essentially can get caught in patterns of trauma where we don't even know and how to let to go. It. And get like literally comfortable and used to it without yeah. knowing. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, like an example, I, I got into a car accident a few years ago and uh, whiplash is mm. actually a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it sure is. People is, don't is talk it, about people that. People don't talk about, you know, you know, you see the movies, you see car crashes, and like you see the person like come out like, yeah, I'm okay. Actually, yeah, you do come out okay, but the repercussions on the mm-hmm. next day, your body's like, oh yeah, the adrenaline's like, oh, you think you're okay. My neck, Zoe, was never the same. That's right. Ever. And, you know, I'll ice it and whatever. And like, I mean, it's gotten better over the years. But I notice now going to the mind, the reason why I said that is like, anytime I'm really stressed, it's not a matter of like bad posture or whatever, that same injury comes back. That's right. 
with a vengeance. I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> I thought I've treated you. What is going on? So I, I get better and be like, all right. Okay. My mind is telling me something right mm. now. I am really stressed. It, my mind is trying to give me an indicator of a past pain, even though it's supposed to be like healed up more, but it's kind of like resetting itself back then. And is a is a freaky thing usually, like of just like how your mind can just remind you of certain pains in your body. Pain is a reminder to just tell you of like, please treat me better. Mm, that's beautifully said. Pain yeah. is a reminder of just like, look, I I know especially among us guys, like look, I'm partly mm. guilty of it. Like partly guilty of it is like, oh yeah, this pain is regular or whatever. No, pain is telling you to. F- fucking slow down mm. and sometimes pain is reminding you is like there's something you need to pay attention to yeah. it's not about all that the neck pain maybe you need to go see fucking therapy adura <laughs> yeah 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 like you know in terms of things like that maybe you need to do this maybe you need to do that and i feel like i love the fact that your practice in a way is making people being doctors of their own body mm because we're not usually doctors of our own body right we're not reminded ourselves of like what our body is capable of when are we supposed to recover what are we supposed to eat at this moment that's right and listening to your body and like yes you know it's good to have consultation go to a physician and they know your body but you you guys you're trying to put it put it on this head of like yes we're telling you how to treat your body but we're also teaching you how to know your body i think that it's really important for people to feel empowered when they enter into a space of healing Mm -hmm. and any space of healing that doesn't make you feel empowered make you feel like you know your body better should be questioned look at women's health a totally different topic even as a even yo no no seriously even as a guy that's so clueless about period and stuff like that then and all of a sudden i I listen to women like oh yeah this happens this happens and they're actually you can attest to this like a lot of women in our lives is like they actually don't know what is going on in terms of like why why is my period level this way? Why is this all this stuff like there's not been a lot of education about that? Oh, we're about to change all that up. Yo, we, no, there's not, a not, revolution happening, and I'm so excited about that. Yeah. And um, you know, as women, there is so much knowledge at our fingertips, so many people who are excited to share about it. And um, my jaw always open when women <laughs> will open up to me and be like, yeah, Dora, this hat. I was like, wait, hold on a second. And it's just to know how clueless a lot of men are. And also how clueless a lot of women are to their bodies as well. well. Did you know that men also have cycles? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. We need to talk about that later on. Are you serious? Of course. Men have their own cycles in their body. I mean, every if you really think about it, we're all we're all going through our own cycles, um, hormonal cycles, mm-hmm. the, the cycles of even the production of our sexual fluids yeah. are are uh, because our body 
and this is so powerful, you know, every 40 days, you know, and, and we think about mm-hmm. like yeah. on a biblical level, all the, yep. you know, and all the, all mm-hmm. these different levels, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that number is very important because every 40 days, our, the cells of our body completely regenerate our, themselves. And so we are looking at a whole new body in a certain way. And, and so if you think about it, and this is something that I like to talk to my clients about a lot, if we try to create a new habit, for instance, if we try to do something, even, even the smallest thing, I, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves, but, um, you know, try for 40 days to wake up every morning before the sun and just drink a glass of warm water and check and see how your digestion goes after that. Mm. It is phenomenal what can happen when we tune in and and that and I'm I'm choosing that because it it seems like such a simple thing and I I also understand waking it's up early discipline. is very very hard for people. Well, discipline but I I like to I like to switch Routine. that word up because I think that the word discipline is can be triggering for people mm. and you know and that's our own thing to kind of go that's through. What you're saying. Yeah. But I prefer the word devotion because mm. if we devote ourselves to our own bodies and our own healing if every person was like, "You know what? I'm going to go and take care of myself. I'm going to prioritize my own healing. Do you know how different <laughs> this world would be? You know, on every level, the, the type of insights we would be having, the type of alignment we would be having with ourselves and, and, and the type of alignment we'd be having with the earth right now. I mean, I, I was just saying the other day, you know, our... Um, the earth is the, the the earth right now is reflecting back to us how deeply prob, like problematic, problematic our entire existence is. You mm. know, we've been living completely unsustainably and 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 we have to wake up to that and the earth is just a mirror for us. You know, it's, it's like look at look at yourselves and stuff like that. Even trying to even even like Devotion. I love that you said that, and I actually need to add that too because I'm an early bird. So mm, I'll definitely good that. for you. So one of the disciplines that I said discipline because I'm from that mindset. Excuse me. One of the devotions I decided uh, this year. There's not a resolution or whatever in terms of mental peace. Mm. I was like. And if you guys can use some of it, no matter what your practices do it meditation i feel like sometimes it's downplayed a lot a lot of people underestimate it a lot in terms of meditation sit meditation or whatever you want yeah meditation can be many things it can be many things but my practice that i i devote to is like seated meditation because yes i'm calm from that mindset is like oh my god my mind gonna start still i'm an overthinker or whatever like to worry about this i'm a warrior worth and I was like, Adora, if you can get 10 minutes, no, 20 minutes, 10 in the morning and 10 after you come from work of just that piece, mm. isn't that enough? <laughs> no, it was like a conversation to myself is like, mm. no matter what goes on in that day, 
if you can discipline yourself to 20 minutes a day for that piece, yes, your mind will wander, but for that seated piece and just hearing your breath, mm. wouldn't that be enough for you? And that's like the journey that I started this year of like where I want to go. Mm. Mm. Of like, if my days suck, if those 20 minutes are the most peaceful moments of my day, I won. Mm. And that's kind of where I want to understand. And it's kind of like going back to yourself, whatever practice you guys have of like, you know, even playing the guitar just for five minutes or whatever. You know, I'm trying to discipline myself to just play something for five minutes a day well, or something if- like that. Like of, of something that gives you, that makes you center yourself. What is that, folks? No matter what is going on with you that day, can you devote yourself and say like, Will this be enough for me? And if this is enough for me, I'm okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The The mind is, is so amazing, right? Because basically what's happening in our mind is we have, every time we take an action, it makes an impression. Mm. And so we have these layers of these impressions that, um, and or these neural pathways, if you will, that um, that strengthen these neural pathways strengthen when we do something over and over and over again, and that's mm-hmm. why repetition is yep. you know is taught. Um, obviously, it's taught for some other reasons too, <laughs> but we're not getting into the prison industrial complex <laughs> and yeah. oh, you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's factory workers and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but but the but I'm saying that to say that it can also be a very empowering thing. So you're talking about committing to doing something and i think that that's awesome because because even though it can seem very difficult and it can it can be very difficult yeah. to start hey, something admit, uh yesterday i didn't i didn't do it i forgot to do it but i know i'm gonna go back to it sure right yeah. and that's the important thing oh, 100%. Because, because when we take an action the mind actually um does this thing where you know it it's almost like okay, there's more votes over here for this thing, so this is the mm-hmm. the dominant thing. Yeah, but it just takes starting to do something different that strengthens maybe a different neural pathway, yep. and then before we know it, the the practice of 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 repeating something over time strengthens that thing, and so even if initially. We're like, oh, I guess I'm not doing this as well as I'd like to do it or for as long as I'd like to do it or, you know, whatever it is. You know, if we're talking about meditation, sometimes people, you know, it's it's real out there. Our minds are bombarded with so much that it is very difficult to sit. And I applaud you for doing that. It's not easy it to, is to not sit easy. and with your mind every day is yeah. very difficult. And I, I also just want to offer as a side note, a tool, if you are somebody that wants to practice sitting meditation, um, but you're having a really hard time when, when you're, when you're seated and your eyes are closed and, you know, you're trying to focus, um, maybe light a candle and just stare at the flame. And because sometimes a single pointed focus can be a, a gateway and so, and so having one thing to just look at can help us to not be 
um, d- can help us to have something to come back to. Mm. So, so when we're looking at something, then our, you know, our mind starts to take us into other thoughts yep. and we can remind ourselves, oh, I'm coming I'm back to this back. thing. So you're retraining yourself in a sense and, um, you know, look at how beautiful that flame is. Look at the way that flame is moving. Look at that that light and and really, in the Vedic tradition, that f- the 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 extra layer of it because nothing has one meaning. Um, the element of fire is actually the element of transformation. Fire mm. is what transforms matter, and yep. so and so therefore, even. Even l- looking at something elementally like that is is transforming your mind. It's phenomenal. Mm. I need to think something in the physical realm. What I usually do sometimes when I when I breathe and I close my eyes, I think of a petal of a sunflower unplucking and deplucking, mm. deplucking and coming back again. Oh, interesting. And coming back again. Don't ask me why <laughs> I thought of a sunflower doing that. But it just made sense. And yeah, it's funny you said like a focal point because I, I had trouble. like I did not read about this. I was like, oh, okay, I just need to follow an essential point because I remember I went to East Bay Meditation Center. It's a good place, by the way. I haven't gone there in a while, but mm-hmm. they're actually totally very good awesome uh, Dharma place. talks, very good talks. Please, please, people, like donate to them. They're actually very good if you live in this area. I haven't gone back there in a while, but... I remember the teacher telling me, was like, I, I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, like, how can I get to that state of being clear-headed? Of that being, like, there's nothing. <laughs> she laughed hysterically at How me. can you start at zero? <laughs> yeah, she, she sat hysterically at me. She was like, she's like, Adora, are you dead? <laughs> I was like, no. And she was like, yeah. You're going to have thoughts going on in your head, <laughs> Yeah, Adora. that's right. That's She's right. like, there is no, like, yes, you want it. The whole point is to be at peace. But the whole point is, like, to be at peace with those thoughts that are coming in and going out, coming in and going out. It's like, look, if you have a state, she was like, if you have a state, like, because she's a Zen Buddhist, I forgot her name. God, she's so cool. She's like, she said, if you have a state of mu, of, like, nothing, like darkness and all of a sudden you state of mood you're not thinking of anything she's like you're dead (laughs) she just said it so simply yeah and she made me more comfortable of like embracing my thoughts Mm. grab it like yeah embrace it and just let it go embrace it let it go and then all of a sudden go back to your breath because all of a sudden when i go back to my breath that thought went away and all of a sudden, a new thought comes in. Sure, you've, and you've again, changed you recycle, your focus. You change your focus and change your focus. And I was like, what an easy concept, but such a hard thing to practice. Mm. And and it's it's really cool, you know, the, the science of the mind. It's like um, in Vedanta and yoga and these traditions, mm. um, the, the, the purpose of having, you know, one of the purposes of having this practice with the mind and the, and the, and the pathway to using it as a tool is that as these, as you're sitting and as these thoughts are coming and going, and this could be just in your day, you know, you're doing mm. something and then, you know, what, what starts, what you start to do is you become the observer. And this is what's really powerful because, when you become the observer, 
you actually realize that the observer was always there mm. and that maybe maybe the mind was so loud that it wasn't it, that, that it, it, it was taking over the space but ultimately you know what what is I mean this is this is uh, de- maybe debatable by mm. a lot of people but but if you believe that we have a soul then 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 what is observing the mind it's the soul mm. it's in in the Vedic tradition it's it's Atman mm. and so um and essentially brahman and so and so when we develop a relationship with atman with our with with our 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 self mm. our higher self then um if we develop a relationship with with whatever you want to call it however you want to relate to it what starts to happen is now i'm observing my mind and i'm observing that it's having thoughts so it's so it's not like i'm having thoughts yes i'm having mm. thoughts but but my mind is 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 moving around with these thoughts and mm. i'm seeing these thoughts come in and out so now we've changed our relationship to that and then um the reason why that's so cool and so empowering is because then we get to choose is that thought real for me? Is mm. that something that I want that I believe? Mm. And and that is the empowering place when we then we can discern. So it's observation, discernment, mm-hmm. and then ultimately we get to choose our reality. So we're like, "Huh. My mind is telling me that like you know, I I I I feel jealous of this or I feel this you know that yeah. it's because the mind is afflicted with the ego, right? Yeah. So so when we start to be able to observe that, we can be like I'm actually, you know, I actually really like that person. I mm. you know, I want them to be successful. I don't want to feel jealous of them. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you, then we start to understand, oh, this is why I'm feeling jealous because I'm feeling insecure about this and I you know, we start to understand ourselves yeah. on a deeper level. And so it's it's a pathway and a means for us to um to have a lot greater um, control and but ultimately a lot greater compassion for ourselves mm. and for each other and and we become a lot hopefully less afflicted and and more unified and when we are more unified as people when we have are practicing more compassion man there's nothing that we can't do <laughs> thank you so much for that so I love how we tangentially speak. Oh, <laughs> such a deep combo. Um, why Moon Garden? Why the name? It came to me in a meditation. Mm. <laughs> Since we're on the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, it came to me in a meditation. And um, even to this moment, I'm still dis- discovering why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's it, kind of like, you know, people are like, why are you like, I, It just came to me i don't know it's okay to say i don't know here's the thing i'm I'm learning this year three words i need to say better no and i don't know (laughs) and it's i'm telling you it's like people want to know a reason why is this why is this it's like it's just a feeling you know I don't know, hmm. but I'll 
try to find out why you feel that you your account is like I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. It's true. It it mm-hmm. was a feeling for me, and um, when that name came to me, I wasn't. I I definitely it was like hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I thought about different things, but nothing else really felt right. You know. Um, and I think it's this feeling of you know. I mean, when I when I try to get like, when I get in my mental about it, I'm like, well, you know, the moon reflects the light of the sun, so the moon is this beautiful reflector, yeah. and so to be in in the light of reflection is a really um, important place for us to be in if we're really gonna drop into ourselves. So you know, there's like, I have like ideas of mm-hmm. what it means, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but honestly, it's just a feeling, and it felt like a space of peace. It felt like a space of reflection, and it felt like um, inviting people into a garden of their own reflection mm. was really something unique that isn't really being offered. And to me, that's essential, to, to invite somebody into a garden of their own reflection and to hold space for them there to discover what it is that they they are they need they feel is is not something that is happening enough mm. and i wanted to be a part of that happening more because I want to encourage people to to discover what they need to heal themselves, and um, not to say like you need to heal yourself, you know, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. But yeah. but we we all honestly, and I really truly believe this, we are all on a path of discovery, on a path of you know, you can call it healing, you can call it balance. You can call it alignment. You can call you know whatever you want to call it, um, or you can call it none of those things. You know it, um, it. If it's not for you, it's not for you, and that's fine. But um, but but I you know there there's a lot to be shared in a space like that. You know I see it as as a space for it's like Jedi training. <laughs> you know hey. we we need we need we Thanks need spaces <laughs> we need spaces where 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 that is the focus. Um, and you know me, I love, I love celebrating, you know, a lot of people see me as like a party, have seen me as a party girl. <laughs> There's, you know, I have a lot of sides to myself, but, um, but I felt like there aren't enough spaces that are, are, are really just for this space of reflection. To chill. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> so to and to be reference. less engaged by yeah. all of the sensorial. Yeah. you know, we we really celebrate sensorial stimulation, and yeah, and and rightfully so. It's exciting. I love it personally. Mm-hmm. Give it to me all day, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, I need a break, and I need to. Um, I need silence, and I need a space that that I can hear myself. Even if it's, and I need a space to be held because it can be scary sometimes to hear ourselves. There can be things that come out where we're like, ooh, I don't know if I really want to look at that, you oh, know? Yeah. And, and I told you about that a little bit. And yo, like, guys, it's okay to say 
to people. It's not about saying, oh, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I need to be alone, blah, blah, blah. It's okay to hold your space and say, like, hey, I'm just not in the mood right now. I feel I need to be right now in this space. But it's like, oh, yeah, you can come along and share this space with me. Uh, it's funny you said that in terms of being okay to be in your own space. Like, I have two very good, very good friends of mine that... You know, yesterday I was working remote. I was stressed. I was stressed out, Zosa. Like, I was, like, working. Hmm. Like, this was, like, my busiest Friday. And I was, I was just so exhausted. Went into a deep nap. And, you know, and they just, he just called me. He's like, yo, you know, we, we're thinking about you. Um, do, you uh, do you want us to come over? We'll bring you some food and hmm. stuff like that. I'm telling you guys, that gesture is so powerful. Hmm. And I was like, no, because I was about to say, I thought they were, 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 I'm going to meet them or go out. And they were like, oh, no, I, we're actually coming to your place. And it was such a very simple gathering of just like me sitting down there, them sitting here and eating and, and watching Netflix and just laughing. And like the sense of space, a sense of being like being with not just with people, but just being with yourself of finding that peace. And I've told you before, it's kind of like, how the hell are we supposed to have peace with people when we cannot have peace within our own selves? Mm. And that's the journey mm-hmm. that we have to, excuse me, that we all have to take for ourselves. And whatever method you guys need that your people need to do, please, it's like, listen to that voice. Well, it you know? kind of it kind of comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, which is that, you know, you were calling it coming back to basic or um you know it feels like the we can't underestimate the importance of presence Mm. and and that could be you know your friends coming over here and Mm. and being present with you that could be you sitting and being present with yourself Mm -hmm. you know but 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 practicing being in the present moment is getting harder and harder oh and harder. Oh my god! And and you know and of course you know our phones. I'm like you know. I, I, it's away from me. You yeah, it's, a, it's Instagram off. is it's like kryptonite. Like what the fuck is Yo. that? It's mm-hmm. you know these things are um, are incredibly um, distracting, and so we have to really be aware of of how much distraction we are engaging in because literally the thing that I have realized is that Hmm. we can go through, there are people who are going through their entire lives. There are many people who are going through their entire lives distracted, never ever tuning in to what's really going on um, uh, under the surface. Um, And, um, that is uh, by design. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And mm. we have to really be conscientious of that because um, it's, it is, uh, um, anyways, mind control. <laughs> no, it's, it's like literally default mind control is like, man, it was so, before I came, it was so satisfying having a nice conversation with a total stranger, just like talking, talking about dorky ass shit. <laughs> And well, you were doing that today? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As the one I was doing it today, we need to go back to yourself. But either way, it's like we're not even high. And we're going through like almost <laughs> a three-hour conversation about this. But getting sent to you is like 
No, thank you so much for still being part of the community and doing your thing is what I admire most. I mean, we didn't go deeper into your, like, much as much deeper into, like, your struggles, your beginning of Moon Guardian and stuff. But you've said, I feel like you've said a very good thing enough of just, like, yeah, you know, it's like you're still learning, you know. Yeah, and it's, I'm it's learning. It's an process. Yeah, you know? and the space, but the sp I'm learning, but the space is there, and I'm I'm being of service to people. And I mean, the thing is, is like we're all learning. You know what I mean? Like every pre health practitioner, every person who's practicing, um, that's why they call it a practice because mm. because you're practicing. Um, and so anybody who's like, I've figured it out, mm, I'm no, a little yeah. bit skeptical of that. Um, I think that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel really excited about what I get to offer to people and what I'm offering to people. And, and it's been really beautiful to see how profound it has been for people. It's been amazing to see how effective it's been you know I, I even myself i've been like wow this is real you know not that i didn't think it was but it's really cool to see it in action and um it's just made me more even that more committed to the process and give me two successful stories sorry to interrupt in terms of um or just one that just like obviously not going to disclose the patient but it's does one that really hit you that just really got you juiced that yes i'm on the right path of doing this Oh man, that it's you know it's hard. There's so mm -hmm. many. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, to me, success is is a it's an ongoing thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like obviously it's a it's a pinnacle and then it's over or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's like um, that. You know, so so I I don't again I don't really look at things as linear in that mm -hmm. way. But I have seen people come into me for neck pain and over the course of working together discover child trauma that was informing, you know, said neck pain and realize that there were layers of codependency that needed to be looked at and and ultimately have deep releases in their body and 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 change entire you know um ways that they even were going about their life or their relationship with their parents and healing certain things just from being like my neck hurts you know Whoa. so <laughs> so it's it's incredible the the, the layers. Yeah. Do you know what I'm uh -huh. saying? Um, and sometimes it's really simple. Like I had somebody, I had this guy come in, um, who was a runner, and and he was like, you know, my um, I'm I'm like my back hurts. I'm having this this pain, and 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 we worked on his um, uh, you know, on this particular muscle that's really deep, mm -hmm. um deep in his back and you know a muscle that you, you can't really touch you have to have somebody work mm -hmm. on it um and um and the next day he messaged me and was like yo i can't believe this i like i've been running consistently you know for a long time and i've never been able to you know run more than this many miles and today i ran a mile further 
than I ever did. And my time was like half the amount of time. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the amount of time per mile was half the amount of time. And I could have wow. still gone further. And I don't mm -hmm. know why my body, you know, felt like it could yeah, do that. And mm -hmm. it just shows, you know, um, that sometimes, um, you know, sometimes we need to, we need to, you know, get into the, the emotional patterns that are happening around, you know, the releases that need to happen in our bodies. But sometimes it's actually just a surrender and being in a space of feeling safe enough for our body to release. Like I tell a lot of people, that's why I work so much on the nervous system because the nervous system, like we were talking about mm. earlier, um, the nervous system is what tells our muscles to, um, to, um, my gosh, my brain. See how many hours have we been? No, no. Yo, um, it is almost. <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, I looked at the time. I was like, you see why you have a deep conversation, guys? Um, but Enjoy the, the content. Yeah. The nervous system is what tells our muscles to contract. Mm. And so. It was like. <sighs> yeah. And so if, if we are constantly in a state of fight or flight, then our nervous system is not going to tell our muscles to not, you know, to not contract because it feels like we got to be on guard. But if we can bring the nervous system um, into the, so it's the, the fight or flight is the sym sympathetic nervous system. And if we're able to bring the nervous system into parasympathetic, which is like rest and digest, then what I'll see is I'll be working on somebody's body and just being present and, um, you know, doing the work that I do, creating a, a, an, mm -hmm. an environment of, of rest and digest. And I'll be working on, you know, somebody's trap over here. And, you know, I'll, I'll see a muscle on their leg start to release. And, and, and it's like, everything is so connected that that sometimes we just have to give our nervous system a chance to rest and mm -hmm. then things actually start to release all by themselves so sometimes it's not it, it it's not necessarily that quote unquote deep you know what i'm saying it's mm. just a matter of us really giving our bodies space to to be <sighs> But why is it so deep, though? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's still know, the... But anyways, like, yo, so... In conclusion, I hate saying that. <laughs> but in terms of that, guys, like, this is some... I wanted to say deep, but I was going to say, yeah, this is some deep shit right here, guys. So <laughs> so when, um, where can people find you, um, your social media, your website, you know, yeah. like just mentioned the, the places. I think you still have your flower business. <laughs> it's a conversation for another oh. day. Oh, okay, another day. Okay, oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, sorry, no, no. sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. I do, yeah. I, I do still, still do flowers. Dope. I grew up in a flower shop, so it's like oh, second that's nature. beautiful, yeah. Um, but I do love to do flowers. Yeah. I love beauty, you know. Good. Um, yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm working on all of my pieces um, mm. in terms of social media and my website and all that stuff. I, I've been honestly so busy practicing and working mm, with clients it mm. has been a little bit secondary but oh wow but, but i i need to get it up and running because i recognize it's important to tell people that i'm out here <laughs> uh <laughs> so, at moon garden yeah and yeah. i am i'm accepting new clients and i'm really excited to work with more and more people and help 
help people on their path to healing and and it is not a like i said it's not a linear thing mm-hmm. and so people come to me for all different reasons some people are coming to me for pain in their body or muscular things some people are coming to me because they want to change their diet some people mm-hmm. are coming to me because they can't sleep or you know are having different different types of ailments in their yeah. body or 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 just a curiosity about wanting to have a more more foundation in their daily daily life um mm-hmm. but but um regardless um you know um, I'm I'm here. I'm here for it. And yes, at Moon Garden and Moon, also the, the Instagram is Moon Garden Oakland. Okay, good. And I don't have a website yet. Um, oh, it's fine. And, hey. But yeah, that's yeah. that's Instagram. My my email is Moon Garden Oakland at gmail dot com mm-hmm. right now, and you can you can email me there or you can go to my Instagram and send me a message there. Those are mm-hmm. two good ways to. Um, get a hold of me, make an appointment, or if you just want to have a consultation and talk about what's going on and see mm-hmm. if I'm I'm the right fit. I'm all about being the right fit. Good. So um, yeah, I'm really excited. And it's in the beautiful space. It's funny. It's like it's called the Moon, which is funny. the building is called it was the, moon. the Moon. Yeah, it's kind of like it was predestined. It was like maybe it wasn't like <laughs> intentional. Maybe it wasn't like very intentional. You're like, whoa! You must have looked at it. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, un- unrelated. Totally yeah, unrelated. Unrelated. And, yeah. But the space is super dreamy, and I will let you in on a little secret. Hey um, yo. Um, the, <laughs> the the space is on the roof of this building called the Moon. It's on Twenty Fifth Street in downtown Oakland, mm-hmm. between Broadway and Telegraph. Telegraph, and it is a super beautiful space. We have a little Japanese tea area. Mm-hmm. We have a rooftop space. Um, I also have a clawfoot tub, and I'm starting to do pre-massage. Um, tub soaks what? and um hoping to also um eventually very soon offer half day retreats um nice. and and i'm also have been opening the space up for um other people to come in um who are aligned to teach classes around healing and wellness and you know giving people those jedi skills so um, hoping to have some beautiful offerings here this spring, um, and I, you know, my 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 can't okay. I can't tell I too can't much tell about what that's going to be Exclusive. yet. Yeah, but Exclusive. but we'll you can you know. look forward to um, you know coming to see me for various things, taking a nice beautiful bath, getting on the massage table, oh. and you know coming and and. And immersing yourself, and it's a sanctuary for you. So I hope you come and um, check it out. Awesome. In that case, folks, um, you've heard from the queen. <laughs> um, and no, thank you for sharing your message and your story. And like, there are even a few things I put down that I need to put into practice. Mm-hmm. You know, as I always tell people, it's like, I'm just a fool that learns every day. You know, when people's like, oh, wow, you sound wise. Yeah. So like a, lo- a lovely saying that I just love to tell some people, too. So um, and I'm glad that you're in this in a space of humbling yourself, of still like learning every day. Hopefully, you know, always, <laughs> always, always. And in that case, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And 
Have a happy new year. Okay. And and I want to say thank you to you, Adora, for what? this. See? I just want to slip that yeah. in. I just, I really want to thank you for having and creating this platform to um, share with the community, to be a bridge person. Mm-hmm. I see you and I appreciate you putting other people on and mm. and really c- keeping the community strong so thank right. you for that please support your local artists and businesses i just don't say it casually it's really important y'all out there no matter where you are support them love you guys bye peace and blessings mm.